Welcome to TED In Your Head, the 10-minute podcast created exclusively to help you eliminate bad habits and success-limiting fears and beliefs so that you too can win at life and business. Your host is Ted Moreno, certified hypnotherapist and high-performance coach. On this show, we tackle the trash and talk some truth to transform your mind. Let's check it out and welcome your host, Ted Moreno. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Ted in Your Head podcast. I'm Ted Moreno, certified hypnotherapist and high performance coach. For almost 20 years, I've been helping people achieve more success in life and business. This podcast is all about finding out what you can do to achieve greater health, happiness, and success. And remember, there are key things that you can do, and it's in your hands for health and happiness. So don't be afraid to ask for help from the experts. So I'll tell you how you can get in touch with me at the end of the show. I consider myself an expert. Uh, for now, let's hear from another expert in the health and well-being field with another episode of the Ted in Your Head interview series, where I interview experts in health, healing, and personal transformation. Today, my guest is Liz Stoltz, licensed acupuncturist. Before becoming an acupuncturist, Liz worked in nonprofit management, developing a program for women who struggled with addiction mental health, and homelessness. She has a BA in biology, an MFA in creative writing, and a master's in oriental medicine. So she comes to this interview well-credentialed. She traces her interest in acupuncture back to her developmental biology classes, and her first job as a lab technician in Boston studying hormones in pregnancy. She practices at the Clinic for Pain and Anxiety in Beverly Hills and Vital Integrative Medicine in Pasadena, California. Liz, thanks so much for being a guest on the Ted in Your Head podcast. Thank you, Ted. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you. Okay, so um, I'm a huge fan of acupuncture. I had my first acupuncture treatment, I think I was 19 years old, and have had many uh, acupuncture treatments since then. So, um, And the last time I had acupuncture was two days ago, and it was from you, and it was really awesome and excellent and made a big difference in my level of energy and the way I feel. So let's talk about acupuncture. And the first question I have for you, Liz, is what made you decide to become an acupuncturist? So um, I think the quickest answer to that is I'm really fascinated with the map of the body that you learn when you study acupuncture. Mm. Um, it's a really different way of thinking about the body than I was, um, raised to think about it. And, um, like I, like I said in that, um, in the intro that you just said, um, I think my, uh, I studied biology when I was in college and it was the developmental biology classes that I found really fascinating because, um, it was such a mystery. Where does that energy come from to go from a single cell to such a complex multi-cell organism? And then um, the second part of that too was I started reading um, about regeneration, limb regeneration, and uh, models for limb regeneration. And they were done um, at, at that time um, in amphibians. And um, they talked about the electromagnetic field 
in the body and around the body. And so that was really new. And at the time, this was in the, you know, the 80s. So it was kind of a, a, a concept that just seemed, um, uh, you wouldn't find that in the harder sciences so much, but this was there. Um, yeah. So um, I think I really started to feel like, oh, this is, there's a lot more to the body mm. than, than we learn in a two-dimensional textbook. Mm. So, um, and then I worked in a lab and I did a lot of, um, uh, I learned a lot of anatomy when I was doing that because I had to do a lot of work um, with vagus nerves. And um, that's when I really learned also that um, every body is so different. Again, it kind of goes back to that two-dimensional textbook versus the reality of a three-dimensional working breathing, living body, responding to its environment. It's a really big leap. Um, so for me, I did a lot of body work. I did a lot of different things. It was very physical. But when I found acupuncture, it was such a specific map of energy movement in the body. I thought, this is what I want to study and practice um, because I just... Um, you know, I'd never, it was the closest thing to, to really, um, uh, it really spoke to my fascination with, with energy. So, yeah. Hmm. How interesting. Yes. And I've definitely had uh, a, a large interest in energy medicine and actually have participated in some studies at the University of Arizona. So, um, yes. And all of this kind of started in the eighties and now there's a, there's a lot of information, a lot of books about the energy of the body. So um, I think it's probably a good idea to mention that um, acupuncture is based on the philosophy of traditional Chinese medicine, yeah. which is not a philosophy that Western medicine is based on, right? So the idea right. of pathways in the body or meridians or energy, energy pathways in the body has not really completely been identified by Western science, right? No, but there's a lot of work that's coming close to that. I think there's a lot of people, um, you know, a few years ago, they talked about the, the, the interstitium, the new, the largest organ. And so um, um, that is, I think that was a development in Western science that brought the Eastern and Western thought uh, together a lot more closely. I think people are talking a lot about perception and interoception, which is being able to perceive what's happening inside your body. Mm. And um, I feel like that, if, if nothing else, acupuncture can really help us focus on, on what's happening inside our bodies in a way that no other, um, no other modality that I know of actually does. Because um, you really feel that you're so focused on your body, you really kind of feel that that um, really subtle movement at, at a cellular level is what, I mean, that's that's what people have said to me. They've used language similar to that. Like mm -hmm. that, you know, it's really hard to describe what you feel, but it really puts you, makes you very present to your to your body in a way that we are not. We don't live so present to our body. We live much more present to the world around us but not yeah. so much the world inside us. Absolutely. And, and we're, you know, stuck up in our heads all the time. So, I mean, yes, absolutely. And, and that's such an important point. And I, I can tell right now that if we need, if we wanted to, we could 
have a very long conversation about all of these things, which are very fascinating. But, you know, the idea that we are we are disconnected from our bodies, you know, unless we're taking the time to actively be in the body, which, you know, working out is kind of it could be part of that. But a lot of times it's not because people are distracting themselves from what's going on in their bodies. But yes, the subtle energy of the body is what we want to tap into. So Mm -hmm. we'll Mm -hmm. leave that subject for now because I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I, I think acupuncture is something that most people are aware of, though they may not know a whole lot about it. For So for those that don't know a whole lot about acupuncture, except it involves needles, maybe you could give us maybe, if possible, a thumbnail sketch of what acupuncture is and um, basically how it works. Okay. So, um, uh, well, so as far as the needles go, it's unfortunate that we have this association with needles either being like from, you know, sewing needles like that are very hard and uh, sharp um, and uh, the needles that you'll, you know, that they'll use to draw blood or um, so it's, they're really different in terms of needles. They're very thin. You know, I'm sure you've heard this or it's, and you've experienced it. So, you know, but um, they're like hair, hair thin. Yeah. Um, so in terms of needles, they're very non-invasive. We really associate needles with, you know, like closer to knives <laughs> or something like that, you know? Subdernal, but, like going deep into the skin. And, yeah. And like needles just, don't do that. Yeah, no, they don't. And there are some forms of acupuncture, actually, where they do. I mean, they'll be a little bit more aggressive. There's a lot of different forms of acupuncture, by the way, mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of different types of practices. Some people are have, you know, do more intense needling than others. Um, but essentially, the theory behind it is to balance the body. Um, and it's really simple um, balancing that we're doing, essentially. It's like um, you know, hot and cold, um, and, uh, you know, getting things to move where things are stuck. That's a really important part of acupuncture. And that's where the, that, um, uh, the Chinese medical theory comes in. And when that's applied is, um, making an assessment of what's happening with a person's body uh, it's based on what a person is experiencing, what a person is, um, uh, what a person tells you, but it's also based on tongue and pulse. Hmm. So we're looking at the tongue. It's the top of the gastrointestinal tract. So we get kind of a, a sense of um, uh, what's happening in, in, in the gastrointestinal tract. And then the pulses, blood is surprisingly fascinating the way it's, I mean, again, it's another thing that we think of as static in our body. Um, I mean, we don't think of it as, you know, we think it's moving, but we think of it as much very regular mm-hmm. and it's, it's very regular, but there's a lot of variation. And we're just starting to talk about that also in Western medicine, heart rate variability is something that, you know, is kind of a new concept, but it's much more, um, but I think it fits really well with, um, with this medicine, with, with Chinese medicine. So, um, uh, so yeah, so we do that assessment, um, and then we make a decision of, um, where we want to place the needles based on the, as you said, the body's meridian system. And there are, um, 12 meridians. Well, and then, um, it's pretty complicated. So I don't want to, I would be, wouldn't be a good idea to get into too much of the complexity, but, um, 
we do, the meridians are associated with the viscera, the internal organs. Um, but generally, we really try to get the energy to flow in the body. If the energy is flat, stuck, we try to get it to flow. If the energy is just is, is too flowy, we try to, we try to um, slow it down. Um, if a person's too hot, and, and often that's too much energy, we try to cool things. And if things are cold, we try to warm them up. So. Okay. So when you talk about moving things, you talk about moving energy. In Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I know that, uh, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about traditional Chinese medicine, but I know it is incredibly complex when you start talking about like dampness in the body, right? Or heat yes, in the body. Is. And then there's different organ systems, like triple heater comes to mind, it's, you know? Yeah. Different organs uh, represent different energies of the body, you know. So, yes. so it's a whole philosophy that that's what probably five thousand years old, something like that. Yeah, and that, that number changes, but yeah, it's like three to five thousand years old. Yeah. And yes, and it's actually you know it's a lot of different, like like any medicine, it's just been practiced for for a long time, and it's really. You know, it's the work of different practitioners and there's different schools of thought, even within Chinese medicine. We think of it again as kind of like a mono monolithic thing. It's not. It's, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, approaches, doctors um, who took different approaches. Some people focus a lot much more on the digestive system, feel like that's at the center of, you know, almost all ailments. Um, and um so yeah, there's a great history with it, which is very evidence-based as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, if you want an evidence-based practice, you know, that the 3,000 years is is a <laughs> lot of accumulated evidence um, So and support for this, you know, for, for acupuncture. Absolutely. And uh, so I'd like to ask you about what kind of conditions you mostly work with. Before we do that, I want to say that, you know, uh, you hardly even feel the acupuncture needles going in, you know, mm -hmm. it, 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 in my own mind, it's like the feeling that you have when you're maybe getting bit by a mosquito or something like that. It's like very, like you barely even notice it. And then, you know, I mean, you were, you're really good because it was just a very, very comfortable and relaxing process. So oh, just wanted to put that out to the good. general public. So what are the conditions you work most with when, when people come to you? I mean, do you have a specialty or maybe speak a little bit to that, please? So there's a couple of things that I really enjoy doing. And um, well, one thing I've started to do cranial sacral therapy along with the acupuncture. So that's becoming a specialty. And I would say that's working with the nervous system, which is something um, that I really like to do. I use, I, you know, I worked in mental health for many years Um and, uh, so I, cranial sacral therapy is really tuning into the rhythm of the nervous system, uh, and also mixing that with acupuncture, which is tuning into those, that meridian system. It's, it's pretty dynamic work. So, um, and the conditions that people come, you know, to, uh, come to the clinic for, uh, for that, you know, it's a lot of different things. Sometimes it's just straight up anxiety, mm. but sometimes it's things like car accidents. That is a combination of, um, sometimes anxiety, depending on how much trauma, um, that, you know, uh, depending on the trauma. Um, but it also really helps with kind of loosening the neck and the shoulders, things like that. Um, but I also, I, I, 
have always liked working with women's health, particularly um, uh, women who are undergoing um, um, ART, assisted reproductive technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, also, pregnant women um, and preparation for birth. So, um, I have really enjoyed uh, that a lot. Um, first, working with the mother as she's going through the process uh, of uh, embryo transfer before and after, and then working with the mother and the baby at the end of the pregnancy. Um, Mm. It's just, it's a, that's a really nice work to do. Yeah. Um, I work with a lot of digestive issues that also Mm. goes back to um, uh, nervous system working. uh, Yes. And um, a lot of, Hormonal irregularities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so women who are having trouble with um, menstrual cycles that are just going way out of whack. It's tough right. these days because of the um, because birth control has really changed a lot in the last twenty years. So you know the whole idea of a female cycle has really changed mm. a lot. Yeah. Um, but generally, those I you know that's three different. Um, types of uh three different populations of people i really enjoy working Hmm. wow that's yeah digestive issues are is it is it are issues that people come to me to work with a lot uh and they're just so stubborn and so difficult and there's always an emotional component and a physiological component as well too which of course is one of the reasons why i wanted to you know have you on my podcast and and you know kind of establish a professional relationship because i think the people that I work with that have digestive issues that are local can uh, really benefit from what you do. Um, now, you also do cranial sacral therapy. You mentioned that uh, briefly. Uh, we're running out of time, and we are going to go over, and that's great. But um, what is cranial sacral therapy, and, and how does that work uh, briefly? Um, okay, so again, that's a huge topic, but I can say in a nutshell, uh, cranial sacral therapy is tuning into the circulation of the cerebrospinal fluid. Mm. So the first time I had it done was after a head injury and I had an osteopathic doctor work on me and she really, I felt like I was being, um, uh, you know, when those, when you're leveled, when you're trying to get that bubble in the center, when you're leveling something, I felt like that's what was happening when, when someone was doing cranial sacral therapy on me. Oh, got it. So they were centering me. They were leveling me. Um, and it was after head trauma. And when I was just all over the place, I had a lot of anxiety. Um, but in addition to that, I just, you know, by, um, um, but that was actually the primary thing that was, was difficult to deal with in the long run was the anxiety. But anyway, so that's, so Cranial sacral therapy is tapping into the rhythm of the nervous system, which is a different rhythm than the um, blood circulation. Blood circulation is really pretty fast compared to the rhythm of the nervous system, which Mm -hmm. I think is beautifully slow. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you and I were talking about this at one point, how much it's really made me think of you know, the human animal a little differently and thinking of our nervous system as actually being a lot slower than we think, because we think of our nervous system as being associated with blood flow, which it is, Mm -hmm. and being really fast. And, you know, sometimes I I think when my nerves would start to feel kind of frayed and I would feel like, wow, I can practically like 
smell my neurons burning, you know, I would feel like, you know, and I would always feel like that would be a high pitch. Um, but actually the nervous system, like that, that flow in the body is actually, um, tuning into that is, is, is a slow, it's slower. And it's so I feel like that process is grounding. It's grounding for the practitioner, but it's also grounding for the person at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but it kind of, it, it does. It does. And for the benefit of our listeners, um, you know, my experience with cranial sacral therapy again was many, many years ago. And, you know, <laughs> my head was screwed on way too tight amongst mm-hmm. other issues that I had. And I had a couple of sessions. I had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Um, I bumped into somebody that said, you should try this. And all they did was they held my head in in their hands and just mm-hmm. slowly moved my head and then put their hands under my um, sacral area. So it was very subtle. It wasn't any kind of massage or anything. There's some slow movement of the head, but boy, that was a game changer for me back then. And there was a huge emotional release at that point in time. And I just became a great fan, even though at the time I was thinking, you're not doing anything. I expected a massage or something, you know, but it was very subtle, but very, very powerful. It's very, very subtle. And the touch is extremely light. The idea is not to really, not to get the body that you're working with to react against your touch at all. So you want to kind of meet the body where it's at and kind of facilitate a, um, a balancing again. Um, so in that way, it is, it, it's similar to acupuncture where it's, acupuncture, even though it's needles, it's really not that invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're um, choosing your meridians and choosing your points, but then you're really stepping back and stepping away and allowing that body to sort of recalibrate and readjust itself. So it's really working with the body. And I think that all medicine to some degree always works with the body's healing, mm-hmm. um, you know, processes. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just a different way of facilitating what's already there in the body. But, you know, and then, you know, now in this day and age, we have like a lot of really complex issues where we have complex inflammation happening from a lot of different things. So the body is very guarded. Yeah. So, um, and the body is ready to fight, uh, all the time. And it's also ready to store a toxin somewhere (laughs) because it has to. Um, so, uh, doing the cranial sacral work is really, um, really slowing that down and trying to meet the body where it's at and also the acupuncture too. And, and that is surprisingly helpful, um, with inflammation. Well, I I think we need to, uh, make another, uh, schedule another interview to continue this conversation because you've touched on a number of really, really important issues that aren't really talked about a whole lot, uh, in health and wellness today. And we're talking about kind of a a, a deeper dive into the subtle energies of the body, which both craniosacral and acupuncture work with. So um, we kind of have to close up. Let me ask you this. How can we learn more about you? Obviously, you can't do acupuncture over Zoom. So for people local in the Pasadena area and on the west side, Santa Monica in that area, right, that want to come and see you, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, websites, good, good, I, good way to sort of get in touch with, uh, practices, the, these particular clinics, um, uh, 
Vital Integrative Medicine is in Pasadena. Uh, and the website is vimheals, V-I-M-H-E-A-L-S.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, and then Clinic for Pain and Anxiety, again, clinicforpainandanxiety.com. And that's um, in Beverly Hills on Beverly. Uh, right now, uh, Vital Integrative Medicine is on Arroyo Parkway. We're right down near Whole Foods on Arroyo Parkway. Okay. And um, yeah. So clinic for pain and anxiety.com. That's the one on the west side, Beverly yeah. Hills area. Okay. And um, if I'm wrong, we'll have to correct that. But uh, I'll, I'll look it up and post it in, yeah. the, in the show notes. Okay? <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, that one I don't look at very often. But um, <laughs> okay. there, I'm only there two days a week. But um, yeah. And then I, I really, and vital, since I live in Pasadena, um, I'm, you know, vital integrative medicine is kind of my home practice at this point. So. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have your information on my, on my website, uh, under, uh, I guess they call it show notes. It's a blog post about this particular podcast, but thank you so much for taking the time to, to come and be on my podcast. Thank you for the great acupuncture session. I had a couple of days ago. I, I really am serious about, um, wanting to speak with you again about a lot of these very, very fascinating things. So, um, uh, so Ted in your head, uh, listeners, uh, you know, if you're experiencing any kind of pain, uh, obviously you want to go to your MD, uh, if they can't help you, then you want to find yourself a good acupuncturist <laughs> like Liz here. And, uh, of course, pain almost always has a physiological concept. And I think hypnotherapy and acupuncture are great complementary modalities. So if you're experiencing any pain, uh, hypnotherapy can be one of the ways to transform that challenge into possibilities. Um, Let's book a complimentary uh, consultation today. You can explore if working together with me can be your best pass forward. And to request your complimentary consultation, you can go to tedmoreno.com slash contact. I'll get back to you within 48 hours to schedule that. So uh, thanks to Liz Stoltz for taking the time to be here today. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Ted in Your Head. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Ted in Your Head. If your bad habits and limiting fears and beliefs prevent you from achieving the success you want, it's time to take out the trash, talk some truth, and transform your mind. To learn more about how Ted can personally help you win at life and business, visit www.tedmoreno.com. That's www.tedmoreno.com. Thanks to Dimitri Rosti and Isaac Taylor for their help in producing this podcast. See you next time on the Ted in Your Head podcast.